want to start off uh, uh, just this week and next week um, called the language of faith. Because no matter what we are experiencing right now in the world, if you don't carry hope, you don't have anything. You can have all the money in the world, but not have hope. And if you don't have hope, you cannot have faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so the language of faith has to carry a huge component of hope. Because without hope, without hope of a future, there is no faith. So what, what a lot of people think is faith, they're just stumbling from one day to the next hoping to get by and hoping to overcome the difficulties or the, 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 the immediate challenges that they may be in. And the reality is, uh, yes, the question, is faith that simple? Is it as simple as ABC? Is it as simple as the alphabet, if you can say it? All right. Uh, have we made it too difficult? Have we made faith too difficult? How do you know you've got faith? How do you know you're operating in faith? Have we made it too difficult? So this week and next week, I'm going to teach on that. Galatians chapter 3 verse 5 says this. It says, therefore, he, Galatians 3 verse 5, says, he, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So here's an important question. Does God supply an endless supply of the Holy Spirit, His presence to you because of what you have done or because you believe Him? Does God work miracles and healings because you've been a good boy or because you believe Him? And that's a very valid question because we've made this so difficult. And the reality is that most people, why they do not operate in faith is because they operate under the spirit of condemnation and guilt. And when you are under the spirit of condemnation and guilt, you are allowing the law. Now, it's not talking about the moral law. We're talking about the ceremonial law. So there's many different things. But however, the law, and sometimes we create our own law. We never think we're good enough. And so as a result, we're operating under law. We're operating under condemnation. And the Bible clearly asks us, does God supply the work, the, the, the supply of the Holy Spirit, and does He work miracles amongst you because of the law, the hearing of the law, or by faith? Or by the hearing of faith? How does God get this to you? It's simply by faith. And I believe this, that if we would learn to actually remove ourselves from condemnation and guilt and operating under this false pretense that we think we have to do everything, and yes, we do have to do things, but rather allow God to do His work in us, we will change. It takes a lot of surrender. And that is the big challenge with the law because the issue is we always feel like we have to rather uh, do something instead of surrender. Surrender is a lot harder because when you surrender, you realize that there's nothing that I can do that can produce the righteousness of God in me. 
Because only when the righteousness of God is in you are you able to live an effective overcoming life. Are you with me this morning? Amen. And so if you operate under condemnation and guilt, or sometimes we've just given up and we actually are in a neutral zone. We're just neutral. We just go day by day, year by year, that's it. And we're just hoping Jesus comes back. Well, not too soon, Lord. I've got to get married, have five children, etc., etc., and win the world. Amen. Right? So, without faith, we cannot please God. The Bible's very clear. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, we cannot please Him. Anything the Bible says done without faith is sin. Uh, uh, God answers us according to our faith. Amen. Our anticipation and expectation is His invitation. So, so if you understand this, I, I'm now talking to you in English. Actually, I speak the Queen's English just so you understand, okay? Even though I was born in South Africa, um, right, mate? Uh, I, 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 speak, <laughs> I speak the Queen's English, amen? Maybe the King's English. <laughs> just as well I'm not speaking King James English. But listen. We have a language that we communicate and a culture that we live by accordingly. So as citizens of heaven, we cannot live as a citizen of heaven whilst we have a different culture and a different language. Right? So what is the language of Australia? Well, <laughs> English, I think. Right? It's like uh, when I first got here, you know, many times people ask me, okay, speak South African for me. So, okay, all right. I said, okay, are you ready? Yes. How are you? <laughs> Amen. But you know, the truth is that when you become a citizen of Australia, there's a proficiency test. <laughs> Shockingly, uh, to those who are born in Australia, uh, there's a proficiency test as to whether you are able to speak English right? To become a citizen of Australia, you've got to write a test and you've got to pass that test that you can actually speak English, right? You, you, you've got to go write an exam. You've got to understand a culture. The, there's a culture test. There's a history test. And, and then once you pass those tests, you have your swearing-in ceremony, which I happen to have online, right? Yeah, in, in, in the 22nd of May, 2020. So it's almost two years that I've been an Australian citizen. But you know, I had to write a test. I had to write, you know, you, you just got to know what's going on. You got to understand what's going on. This is how Australia works. This is how the Federation works. This is how states work. This is how the governments work. These are uh, 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 territories and not states. You got to understand all of that, right? You got to understand where and how the parliament was formed. You got to understand a little bit about the constitution. Shockingly enough. And that's why I want to encourage you as we come now to, to voting that you understand how voting works because a lot of people do not understand how it works. And I think from next week, I'll talk a little bit about voting every week. Just three minutes. Because if you're going to vote as you've always voted, 
we are heading for trouble. If you don't understand how this works. Amen. Amen. Because let me just rectify this now, which I did on uh, when we had this, uh, uh, when we had a, a, a thing on this last week on Wednesday. I said to the ACL, ACL, Australian Christian Lobby, who says that the current uh, Liberal Party is centre-right, I said, no, you are incorrect. They are centre-left. And then he actually conceded, yes, you are right. They've moved from conservative base to actually a, a cultural Marxist base. So, but you see, a lot of people, if you don't understand, now I'm just sorry I throw that in, by the way. If you don't understand certain things about a country, you are unable to live effectively in that country and be the most effective citizen that you can be. It's the same with the kingdom of God. Yeah, sure, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. When you die and go to heaven, great, fantastic, you've done great. But that's not it. While we are here, God expects us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is already in heaven. But then we got to understand how heaven operates. we got to understand the language of heaven, the rules of heaven. Amen? Because if we don't understand that, how do we become an effective citizen? So if I don't understand the culture, and, and I'm learning every day about culture, I keep on learning. I learn about the political system. I learn because how can I be, be an effective leader in a nation that God has called me to without understanding what's going on? Amen. Hmm. That's why I have a lot to say. Because sometimes if we don't understand things about how to function in a system, then we're going to become, we're going to end up defeated and we're going to lose the freedoms that are God-given. And it's exactly what Satan wants to do. If you don't understand your freedoms and you don't understand who you are as a child of God and how, the, how God operates, then Satan, Satan can steal your freedoms and you become a second-class citizen in a kingdom where you are the head and not the tail, in a kingdom where you are above and not beneath. Are you with me today? Amen. I managed to throw in politics, so uh, you can be very happy this morning. But I'll continue. <laughs> Amen. So the, the Bible is our, is our constitution. It's our sacred constitution. And we need to understand this thing. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, All Scripture. Say all Scripture. You can throw it up now. All Scripture is God-breathed. In other words, it's inspired by God. And is useful for? teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So this Word is to train us. It also rebukes us. It also inspires us. It also teaches us. So that, verse 17, so that, let's keep it up there, so that, so that what? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So you need to understand what is in the Word of God so that you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's not just for preachers. It's for all of us. Amen. It's for all of us. 
You need to know how you can function. You need to know how you can operate in righteousness because if you understand righteousness, then you will understand the dominion that you have over Satan and over sin. But if you don't understand righteousness, then then you're never going to overcome. And if you think that this Scripture is only for the preachers, well, when you're in trouble and the preacher's not around, what are you going to do? This is for all of us. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says the Word of God. Say the Word of God. The Word of God. Come on, say the Word of God. Come on, we need some life here. The Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the Bible is this thing, this amazing power that when you begin to read it, it begins to separate and sort out the issues in your life, the thoughts, the intents, the motivations, it begins to creep into every part of your life and God says and God uses His supernatural Word to work out things in your life to change you. Amen. But you've got to understand that this Word is given to you as your constitution and it helps you to understand your rights and it helps you to understand to speak the language of heaven. The language of heaven is not just praying in tongues. You can pray in tongues till you're blue in the face, but if you don't know what you believe, then how's that going to help? Because the Bible says that you pray in the Spirit, building up your most holy faith, right? Come on. Are you with me? Am I right in quoting that? You pray in the Spirit, you build up by, and you build up your most holy faith. Well, where does faith come from? from hearing the Word of God. So if you're not grounded in the Word of God and you don't know what you believe and the promise of God is not pulsating in your spirit and in your mind, then you pray in tongues and nothing's going to happen. So when you pray in the Spirit because you're full of the Word of God, that Scripture is your number one thing, not what the world has to say, but what God says. You pray in the Spirit and I'll tell you that Word begins like a Holy Ghost generator. The Bible says that the Word of God is like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. So when you are full of the Word of God and you pray in the Spirit, it becomes like a hammer that smashes every bit of opposition in your way. But but that's the Word. You see, your faith is based on a promise from God, which is the Word. The promise from God is what helps you overcome a problem or problems. Do you agree? So, let, let, let me put it in monetary terms. A million dollar promise is not given to you to overcome a $10 problem. The reason why we are battling with $10 problems when we've got million dollar promises is because we don't understand the Constitution. We are operating in guilt and condemnation. Amen. So God gives us million dollar promises to deal with million dollar problems. Amen. Come on. Are you with me? Come on. So God gives you million dollar promises to deal with issues in our lives that face us, your future, all of that. So a million dollar promise is not given to overcome a $10 problem. Why? Because to whom much is given, much is required. 
So, so if you have a million dollar promise, then, then I can have a million dollar faith because it's based on the promise and not my ability or my gifting. Amen. But if you have a million dollar promise, you will always look to upgrade your ability and your internal resources through pursuing God and pursuing His Word. Amen. That's when you understand that this promise is so amazing, so big, it's to give you abundant life. Then you will keep on pushing into God and understand this is a million dollar promise. You begin to pursue and ask God to upgrade your internal resources so that you are able to function in a million dollar promise. Amen. Come on. Now, you may not hit the million dollar promise, but if you get halfway, it's okay. Rather aim for the stars and hit the moon than aim for nothing and hit it every time. Right? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, is what I want to say. I'll say this. Don't talk about big dreams if you're tight-fisted. Oh, I'm, I'm believing God for big dreams. Big dreams. Big money. Oh, that offering basket's coming around. Oh, they're asking for money again. No, you see, that's why the Word of God actually gets in our heart and actually sorts things out, helps us to overcome. Amen. Now, now here's, here's what I want to encourage you with. Don't let the fear of the unknown convince you that comfort is more rewarding than growth. Don't let the fear of the unknown convince you that comfort is more rewarding than growth. Because sometimes in our growing, it does require change, always. If you want to change, I mean, you know, even as a church, we're growing, we, we are changing, we're having to look at things all the time, re-evaluate, reassess, change, walk, walk through problems, you know, rather make mistakes, but rather move ahead. But don't live in the comfort zone of I'm not going to change. Amen. Because we think that our comfort is more rewarding than growth, and it isn't. Because ultimately, one day you, we wipe out our eyes and, 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 and people and their dreams are way ahead. But because you loved your comfort more than growth, they, you, you miss out on the purpose of God. Yes, you sure you can catch up, but it's going to require a lot more uh, effort to actually move ahead. You know, here's a principle of war. Yes, here is a principle of war for those who understand military. If you if you go in like like if you go in and take a position, like I was in artillery, so we would bam 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 projectiles, we would go in and we would move and take a position. Right? Now, for us to move to the next position requires more, uh, seven times more firepower to move from your current position to your next position. In other words, it's, it's, it's easier to maintain initially. But if you live a maintenance life, eventually the barbarians will come and they will be at the gate. 
But to move ahead means you've got to. You've got to produce more firepower. And that's where God's promises are there. That's where God's promises are are for your life. That's where God's promises are there to help you move from this position of maintenance to a position of taking more ground. Are you with me this morning? And that's why, now I'm laying this foundation so we can actually learn to speak the language of heaven. And I'm not going to rush until I'll finish next week and the week after or the week after is Mother's Day. But, but this is important. So who wants to grow you? You know, who wants to develop more? Well, well Caleb at 85 says, uh, give me this mountain. I'm just as strong uh, uh, this day as I was when I was 40. Give me my mountain. So, so are we ever too old? Are we ever too young? It does, you know, let's, let's just realize that God has still got so much more for you, no matter what your age. If you're 25, don't give up on your dreams just because you think you haven't reached them. You know, I, I remember at 25, I used to think, oh man, I should have been much further than I was. And you know, I would have allow the, 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 the place of regret to, 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 to keep me in bondage until I said, no, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to dream bigger. Even if I haven't got there by now, I'm going to move ahead and do what God has called me to do day by day. But don't stop dreaming. Don't stop speaking the language of heaven. Don't stop moving ahead because God has got something for you if you don't stop. Now, it's easy to stop. That's why change is difficult for people. Amen. And you know, we're not, we may not be perfect as a church, but you'll always know that we're going to push you and stir you to do, to fulfill the purpose of God for your life. The Bible says David, King David, in the book of Acts, it says he served his generation by the will of God, then he died. I want that to be in my tomb. He served his generation by the will of God, then he died. Well, I don't know if it can be a tomb anymore. There has to be a little plaque somewhere where the ashes are, right? If we're still around. Because I'll be, I'll only depart when I'm in my 90s. So, uh, well, you know, maybe longer now because I see everybody in their 80s like, no, I'm going to go past 100 yet. Okay, the issue is, Let that be on your tomb. I served my generation by the will of God. Then I left. Amen. He said, well, Pastor, I'm too young. I've got my dreams. No, 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 no. No, your dreams will always come to nothing if you don't put his dreams first. Amen. Put his dreams first because his dreams are way bigger than your dreams. And when you get a hold of his dreams, it's much more. Because in his dream for your life, there's a great marriage, there's a great life, there's a great future. That's his dreams for your life. It's like a lot of people think that God's trying to hold out on you. He's not trying to hold out on you. I never gave my life to Jesus and God said to me, well, for the rest of your days, you're going to be a miserable old bachelor. That's it. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on, am I I talking to you? Because a lot of people think that. We talk about winning the loss at any cost. It means that we're all in this together. It means that we understand that the soul of man is so important that Jesus was willing to give it all. And so we are willing to give it all, whatever that may be. 
Because maybe you just need to give your time to somebody. It's like last week, and you will see it on our social media, one of the members was walking past, uh, 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 he was in a shopping center, I think, walking past, he saw a guy there, and he stopped, he felt in his heart, I've got to talk to this man. He went and spoke to the man, and uh, the man w- had gone through a difficult time, found one of the other members in the church, said, hey, uh, bro, do you have a place uh, for this guy to stay? He said, sure, bring him. Looked after him, brought him to church, gave his life to Jesus. You see, that's winning the loss at any cost. Amen. Gave his life to Jesus. And then a week later, he, he, he's reconciled with his daughter whom he hasn't seen for 11 years. She comes to church last week. She gives her life to Jesus. You see, this is what it's about. If you think that you've stopped growing, if you think that there's no more to do for God, well, I want to tell you, just in this city alone, there's still another 2 million people that need to be touched, that need somebody like you to hear the Word of the Lord say, go tell that person about my love for Him. That's one in the last at any cost. It's as simple as that. But we can always, we can always move in, in, in the, the purpose of God, and that's more supernatural than anything in the world. Amen. So number one, the ABCs of faith. Let's look at the language of faith. The first three points today, well, we'll see how far we get. Is number one, ask. You want to grow your faith? You want to speak the language of heaven? Ask. When last did you really sit down and ask God? I'm talking about really think it through think it through and um, ask God, say, Lord, I'm trusting you for this. You know the challenge that we have with, uh, with sometimes with Pentecostals because we are so zealous? It's like, oh, Lord, will you give me this? Oh, God, I want this rather. And in five minutes, you've asked God three different things and they're all different. We've got to be deliberate on this. It's like if my son walks into me and says, Dad, oh man, uh, can I get that motorbike? Uh, well, he doesn't need my permission, but he's, Dad, can I get this motorbike? Great bike, boy. Uh, okay, uh, let, let's, get, let's, let's, let's go buy it. And then five minutes later, he says, no, no, actually, Dad, this bike. Okay. All right, let's get that bike. Uh, 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 let's get that bike. You know, it, it, it's not the way it works. We've got to ask God. So ask God for big things. Ask God for things that will stir your faith. Because Jesus said here, it says in John 14 verse 13, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I will do. <laughs> you know, I, I think God the Father, look, I mean, He does love us. So, and He does have a sense of humor. It must be because He must say, okay, okay, all right. Um, so have you finished asking? Which one do you want now? Out of the 50 that you asked me, which one is it? Must I choose? You see, the problem is we never know when our prayers are answered because we've, we've asked so many different conflicting things. And we just think God must do it. No, Jesus said, ask, ask, right? <laughs> Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Are you learning something this morning? We've got to be much more deliberate and much more thoughtful in our asking. Yes, we do pray. We do pray for souls. We do pray. Yes, we are ferment. We build up. We pray a lot in tongues. We do that unashamedly. 
But let's be deliberate in our praying. Let's ask God. Amen. John 15 verse 16. Jesus says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So Jesus says your fruit, He says, I've appointed you to bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Have you got that point? Jesus wants your fruit to remain. I'm teaching you this morning. He wants your fruit to remain. Amen. And here's the key to remaining fruit. It's in the rest of the Scripture. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. The key to remaining fruit is to ask the Father in the name of Jesus for what you're trusting Him for. But make up, let's make up our minds. What we're asking for and what we really desire. Amen? Because sometimes we think that we have no authority when we pray and we are, you know, I remember in the one city that we'd moved to to plant a church um, in South Africa, I remember my wife and I, we liked this one house and uh, as, we, as we walked the house, I, I said, okay, because it was difficult to get homes, you know, well, well, it's not difficult. Yeah, whoever's looking for a home, you'll get a home. All right. But here's the point. I, 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 we stood there and I said, okay, let's agree. In Jesus' name, we claim this house. Nobody able to get it before we get it. Right? Now, does that have power, yes or no? Of course it does. Of course it does. But subsequently, as we are as Pentecostals, it's like bam, bam, like random thoughts shooting out all over the place. And that's great. But sometimes we need to take these thoughts and focus. Agreed? I know it's very quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. Amen. <laughs> and, and I remember we subsequently got a house. And I remember one day riding past that house with my wife. And as I rode, and I could see it still up for sale in a market that should, they've just gone like that. And as I rode past, the Holy Spirit said, you've got to relinquish that house. Because you laid claim to it. And I learned a lesson. Stop shooting off your mouth without thinking. Amen. Let's ask God and be deliberate. Let's know what we want. Amen. Come on. Yeah, come on. It's like, it's, I know we're talking about asking, but it's the same thing. So let's ask God. So Jesus says, ask in my name and that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Amen. Let's read, uh, uh, sorry, uh, let's jump to uh, John 16 verse 23. He says, in that day, in that day, which day? This, uh, that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Right? Until now. You have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So what's the Lord Jesus talking about now? He says in that day, He says in that day when I've gone and I've ascended, which we'll celebrate in the near future, the ascension of Christ, that I've ascended into heaven. You're not going to ask me directly because I'm not here. 
He says, but in that day, you're going to ask the Father in my name because I have paid the price for everything. I have opened the doorway into heaven for you to have access to the Father. And in that day, you are going to ask the Father in my name and He will answer you because it's in my name because I have opened up the door for you to ask Him. Amen. Come on. And here's what He says. And He says, and ask. And He says, now, concerning that day, which is what we are living in. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. I dare you to start asking God for big things so that your joy may be full. I dare you and I challenge you to go home and start writing down things and say, God, this is what I'm believing for you. And I'm asking this in Jesus' Name. Amen. Ask that your joy may be full. The doorway is open because Jesus opened it. You never opened it, not by your ability, not by your righteousness, but by His blood, His righteousness, His glory, His name, the door is open. Therefore, we step into the door and we come with boldness to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need is what the Bible says. So we come and say, Father, yes, son, I'm asking you for this. I, I cannot tell you the amount of times in my life, and I'll just be honest, where I haven't made up my mind. And then as I've prayed for things, it's like already the Holy Spirit's saying, uh, he's saying to me, you're in conflict with yourself here. You don't even know what you want. Mm. <laughs> you know why? Because James, the book of James tells us the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. <laughs> Amen. A double-minded man. You've got two minds. Okay, this, that, ask this. Okay, we'll ask that. Oh, well, no. It's like we're like kids sometimes. It's like kids with toys. Oh, I want this. Oh, no. I, oh. You know, it's when you go to a restaurant and you order your food, and then the, the waitress walks past to somebody else's food. And you think, man, that looked much better than my food. <laughs> you, know, you know what it's like? Or you sit in there with your girlfriend, right? And, and she thinks, oh, let me just taste that, right? You, you know what it's like? Because sometimes we, 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 we have not learned to make up our minds. Because we are living in a culture of so much choice that we can just throw away things. But this is the language of the kingdom of heaven. Ask. What do you want? What do you want from me? What do you want from God? God is not conflicted. God is not a drive-through, right? He's not a Macca's like a, 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 a packet that, that we, we buy for our kids. Well, I don't buy them, but anyway, if they still have them, all right? So we've got to ask. Whatever you ask, you will receive. I'm going to finish off point one because I can continue point two and three. I'll do it next week. But if we can just get that today. That I'm going to ask God. I'm going to ask God. You know the way God works. When He comes to Solomon and He, and, and, and he asks Solomon, 
when, he's, when he becomes king, he asks Solomon, what do you want? Anything you want, I'll give you. And Solomon asks, Lord, that I may have a wise heart. That I may lead people well. And such is the nature of God. That God just says, because you've asked this, and you haven't asked for riches and, and all these things, not only am I going to give you that, I'm going to give you abundance of riches. You know, maybe instead of us praying for money, because God doesn't print money. I don't know if you know that. He makes gold and silver. He's got the precious metal. He's got commodities in the earth. There's many things. Maybe we need to ask God for wisdom how to access those things. Maybe we need to ask God for wisdom to open up the doors. You can pray for money. And sure, God can drop the hundred bucks and somebody drops a hundred bucks at your front door or on the windscreen wipe of your car and, and uh, woo, up and down, that's a great testimony. And you, and you jump up and down and next week you think, well, that's a great way to make money. We ask God, Lord, can I have another hundred bucks on my windshield wiper, you know, or on or, or, or my doorstep? That's a miracle, but we need to live by a wisdom and a faith and learn to ask, what do you want? What do you want? Ephesians 3 verse 20. Maybe you can just throw that up. The New King James. Ephesians 3 verse 20. And we'll finish with this. I'll, I'll just quote it in the meantime. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or imagine, according to the power that works in you. To Him, verse 21, be glory in the church, both now and forever. Amen. Do we have it? Ephesians 3.20. Now to Him, because I want you to get this. If this can just be a scripture that you learn and let it be embedded in your spirit and your heart. Now to Him who is able. Number one, God is able. Amen. Who is able? You are God. No, God is able. And because God is able, you are able. It's not the other way around. To Him who is able to do exceedingly. How much? Exceedingly. More than just the normal. Right? More than just the normal. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Imagine according to the power that works in us. What power is working in you? It's the same Holy Spirit that's working in you that was there at creation, that made the world. Amen. That spoke the Word. The same Holy Spirit that was there when Jesus was risen, had risen from the dead. The same Holy Spirit who rose Jesus from the dead 
dwells on the inside of you. The power that we have is creative power. The power that we have is resurrection power. So why are we limiting God in asking or thinking bigger than we've ever thought before? But I want to tell you, let's make up our minds and say, God, this is what I'm believing you for. And verse 21 says, if you have it up there, to Him be glory in the church. Oh, I tell you, if you learn, if you learn, if, if you learn to connect, you're asking God and your faith and your purpose and your destiny to His purpose, His plan, His destiny, to Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, both now and forevermore. Oh, I tell you what, when you learn to connect your purpose, your asking to the purpose of God, there's nothing that God will not pour upon your life that it will not overflow in abundance that you will think, God, enough now, enough now, enough now. But God says, I'm going to pour so much on you so that you can be a blessing to the families of the earth. In fact, that's why God blessed Abraham because He said, Abraham, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to the families of the earth. So why are we not going to ask God? Well, I want to tell you why. We're going to start and say, God, I'm going to make up my mind today. I'm going to know what I'm going to believe. I know what I'm asking for. I'm going to be stop. I'm going to stop being ungrateful for what I do have because if you're ungrateful for what you do have, how can you move to the next level of breakthrough, the next level of increase? Begin to say, God, I thank you where I am right now. I'm blessed where I am right now, but God, I know there's so much more and I'm daring to ask you for this, 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 this. Write it down. Write the date down and pray that every single day of your life. Begin to imagine that. Begin to think that. Begin to grasp that that this amazing God that we serve is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think according to the power that works in you. Come on, let's stand to our feet. This